Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We're starting a new series um, entitled As For Me and, and My House. <laughs> I forgot the house part. As For Me and My House and we'll be talking about family. So if, if you can... If you don't mind, just go ahead and look at the person, maybe seated right next to you at the back or right, right in your front. When you think of church, this is the picture, not the building, but the gathered people of God. And in fact, they're called spiritual family. And that's what we'll be talking about. Let me show you a picture of our team here in Victory Santa Rosa. That's our spiritual family. I'm grateful for our spiritual family here. Um, as maybe some of you know, we moved here way back 2020. Magdadalawang taon na, and we love every part of it. And yung spiritual family po natin is not just limited here in Santa Rosa, but of course, we're one church in different locations in Metro Manila. Not just in Metro Manila, but the entire nation, and even to different parts of the globe. That's why I would like to acknowledge now, Pastor uh, Doc Demi. <laughs> Doc Demi is our pastor in Cambodia. We call him Doc Demi. He's a doctor as well. And um, it's such a great blessing just to connect, to see each other as part of our every nation family, hence our spiritual family. We'll be talking about that, but more of our, of course, family, and let me talk about biological family. Um, there's a picture of my family. I do apologize for my legs, no? <laughs> In advance. Uh, that's my family. That's my wife, Van. <laughs> my son is laughing right there. Um, we've been married for roughly 18 or 19 years. I lost my math. But that's Nicole. She's 19. Oh, she's 18. Turning 19 next month. Um, Caleb is 13. And my youngest son, um, Joshua. And then, of course, my beautiful wife, Vanessa. So that's my whole family. And just studying the text for this morning, we'll be talking about Abraham. From Genesis chapter 12. But if you look um, backwards, if you check chapter 11, the end of that, you'll see the genealogy. Going to look at the Bible, whenever different genealogies are being talked about or being written, it's not about the person like Terah, the father of Abraham, but it's about his son or his descendants. And just thinking of that, as we go through the series, there's one thing that I will be accounted for. When I, when I come face to face with God one day, I'm sure, biblically speaking, from the scripture, I will be accounted for the next generation. Hence, my family right there. And that's what we'll be talking about. Decisions, actions, maybe some, there's a time to be passive, there's a time to be kind of assertive or aggressive. But, just looking at it, as for me, I love that, as for me, kung ako lang, at ako to, right? Tagalog, sa akin lang, kung magdedesisyon ako, right? As for me, not as for other people, not as for random people, but as for me and my household, that's taken from Joshua 24, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That decision, that action, that has a huge potential, not just to impact, not just to bless your current family or this generation, but even to the next generation. That is the very heart of our series. And we'll be talking about, at least for this Sunday, 
we'll be talking about a man. And because of his one obedience, his obedience, it made an impact and had become a blessing, not just to his family, but eventually to us. How our vital, how our vital and crucial decisions in life and in faith would lead to God's blessing and legacy to our families, to God's glory. Let me start, let me frame it this way. The actions and decisions you make today are vital to God setting the course of His purpose and blessing over your life and family. God is still in charge. God is still sovereign. He's the one who set courses, purposes, blessings, and even destinies. But as people of God, we have that part to play. In fact, we have free will. And that's why we'll be talking about Abraham, the father of many nations, the hero of faith. In Romans chapter 4, verse 3, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness. He was commended for his faith. There's one thing that God would commend you, and I believe that is faith. The Bible says it is, it is impossible to please God without faith. There's one thing that will please God, and definitely that would be faith. And then again, it was credited to him as his righteousness. And that posed a question. Did he start like this? Was it always like that for Abraham? What happened to him? Ano kayang ginawa niya, no? Anong ginawa niya at anong nangyari? Hold on. So sorry. What happened to him? What did he do to be described in the New Testament as a man of faith? I have mentioned this, the word obedience. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse, verse 8, I'm just laying down some foundations here. Then we'll dive into the word. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was coming. He obeyed. Even though he was unknown, uncomfortable, he went alone, he was unaccompanied, and yet he obeyed. Just one word, hopefully, that would stick to us as we go out of this place is that word, obedience. And we'll dive into the word. If you have your Bible, open it. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth, and ESV, all the families on earth, will be blessed through you. Let me go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word, the reading of your word. Lord, we just pray today as we hear your word, this important aspect, not just a unit in a country or in a nation, the very heart, Lord, of your kingdom and those are families. It's very serious to us. It's very important to us. 
And we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray as I preach your word, it will be yours and not mine. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move and go ahead of us as we read, as we listen, as we receive your word. And I thank you, Lord, you will be like a seed that would grow and the enemy will not be able to snatch it away. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Again, Abraham believed, even though it was unknown, going back to verse 1, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. They are from Ur. Um, his, name, his father's name was Terah. He was also from Ur. And when his brother died, Haran, they are supposed to go to Canaan. And then from there, he received the call of God to go to this land, Canaan, to a land that he has no idea what's, what's in there. He's totally new to him. He's never been there, right? So here's the question. Why would Abraham or Abram or um, Abram leave his place when there's, that he has become so comfortable for him? Like, or that he went to Haran, it's familiar, maybe I'm just imagining people. his dad's household is there, it's comfortable. I believe everything he needs is there already. Why would he take that step of faith into, into something uncharted, into something unknown? It's a question, at least for him and for us this morning. Not just unknown, but also uncomfortable uncomfortable. The Lord has said to Abraham, go from your country. Definitely. This is beyond his comfort zone. Right? If we, I mean, we moved here 2020. Um, we spent our, our years in Manila. Sa, tumira kami sa Fairview. Tapos uh, Pasig. Tapos ngayon, dito sa Santa Rosa. At first, I mean, don't get me wrong, the people here are all warm and welcome. And welcoming. So, Sobrang warm nila. Nagkaroon agad community. Biking community and all. Kasi walang basketball. Pero di ba, pag kami lang sa bahay, nanginibago pa rin kami. Something new? Something different? Something that we need to adjust? And, and it's, it's interesting, right? When there's no internet. Abraham cannot research was in Canaan. Of course, when we move here, nag-research ako, ano ba meron sa Santa Rosa? Ano ba meron sa New Valley? Right? You can do that. I have some friends, Pastor Savior, Pastor Jansen, of course, Mark here, Fiona here, and asking, all? Yes, it was uncomfortable at first. We were asked to go beyond our comfort zone, but it was somewhat pleasant. And imagine, during that time, there's no communication, there's no internet, there's no Wikipedia, there's no Facebook. And yet, God called him to a land that somewhat unknown. Definitely, it was uncomfortable for him. That's a, that's a light word, actually. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Especially traveling down south. From Haran down to Canaan. Unaccompanied. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. He has to go alone. Of course, he has to take his wife, Sarah. But he has to go alone. He has to leave his people. And he has to leave his father's household. His father himself. Why did he do that? He heard from God and there was a land that was promised. But thinking of that, to head for the promised land 
it means for him to leave his world behind. To head for the promised land is to leave his world behind. But the command to go was accompanied by God's promises. He was asked to go to a land that is unknown that will take him beyond his comfort zone. And he will be alone. He will be accompanied by those Samir people that were with him during that time. And there's a promise of the land. And that's what we'll be talking about this morning. The threefold promise of God to Abraham. First promise, verse 2, going back. I will make you to a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make your name great. But come to think of it, why Abraham? Sa dinami-dami ng tao, right? During that time. Not that much, but there's a lot already. Is he special? Did he do something to deserve it? What was his, with his track record? Why this cosmic God, this amazing, huge, mighty, and powerful God was also good, who's been gracious all the time, would pick someone who came from earth. I'm going to tell you a bit of a background about that place in a little, in, in a little while. But all of a sudden, from Genesis chapter 1 to 11, we are now zoom in. We're on chapter 12. We're now zoom in. There is one man. His life, his action, his family as well after that. Is he perfect? Is he really special? What did he do to deserve it? Let's go back. It's from Ur. Ur is known for idol worship. In fact, that place, Ur, is known for moon worship. If you're going to check Deeper, his father's name, Tara, or Tara, is literally moon. So just imagine, living in a land that's full of idolatry. And whenever there's idolatry, there's always death and darkness. That's pretty consistent in the Bible. And yet God will handpick someone from that dark place, from that lonely place. And imagine if you're being named to a moon, just imagine how that family had succumbed to idol worship. Right? And also the name Tara is a Hebrew metaphor. It means it's done. It's over. For us, walana, finish na. But the last family, all right, going back, the last family, somewhat, that received the gospel, the good news that God had called. And again, that's Abraham. And, and we all know this, some of us, maybe most of us, maybe not, not some, not most, but all of us knew that Sarah was barren. So the last family, somehow, somehow who believe God, who have received the call of God, will somehow continue Proclaiming who God is. What's the situation? They were barren. It's like the last candle is, is, is flickering out. It's gonna die. It's over. It's like the name Terra. 
And, and, and I'm saying that because if you're going to notice, if you read from Genesis chapter 1 to 11, it's a pattern of human failure, and yet we can see that God's faithfulness supersedes human failure. We start that God created the heavens and the earth was very good. And then He created, of course, man and woman, Adam and Eve. But in chapter 3, they, 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 they all, they both, it's a fall of man. They've sinned against God. And of course, God was gracious. God was faithful. God was good. There was that restoration in a sense when God put, covered their, their nakedness. And he didn't stop there. You all, some of us know the story. Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. Then Noah, the great flood, happened. And then right after that, Noah was drunk, right? His son Ham saw his dad's nakedness and, you know, did something there that God was now pleased. God was, God was actually honored with that. His father was dishonored. The Tower of Babel, they want to make their name great. God scattered them. Now, chapter 11, the account of Terah. And now, Abraham. Pattern of human failure. But yet, God's faithfulness supersedes any human failure. When you look at chapter 11 and you look at chapter 12, as you talk about Abraham, God is saying that God is not done yet. When the name Terah, it means it's done, it's over, it's the last candle, is flickering out. God is reminding us this morning, he's not done yet. Same is true for us this morning. God is not done yet with your life. It's not over yet. Maybe the pandemic had put, put us in a, in a situation that somewhat is telling us it's done for your marriage, it's done for your relationships, it's done for your finances, your health is done, your marriage is done, your business is done. Let me remind you that God is still not done yet. Even that failure that I was talking about, his, his father's failure, Terah, to worship the one and true God. And then now, after that, is Abraham. He wasted some years in the Haran before he fully obeyed the, the Lord. Then after that, he, after, even after that call, he lied to the Egyptian about his wife, Sarah. And then the pattern continues. Jacob, right? He deceived Esau. And then Laban, Laban deceived Jacob as well. Then Joseph's brother would try to kill Joseph. It's a pattern of, I mean, just thinking of that. If we're going to talk about families now, major dysfunction, no? I, I don't need you to raise your hand right now, but who among here? You know, there are some dysfunctions that you're seeing and even experiencing in your family. You don't need to raise your hand. Well, I'm in the right company. I'm not proud of it, but... And sometimes, whenever we see a dysfunction in our families, our reflex would tell us to fix it. 
to fix it right ahead. And maybe we have the right intention, maybe we have the right heart to fix those dysfunctions. But the pattern of the Bible, whenever we see a dysfunction, it's not for us to fix it right ahead, but to invite the grace of God for Him to fix it and restore it. And that's what happened, right? God protected Abraham while they were in Egypt on the the remaining chapters after chapter 12. Jacob wrestled with God and has given a new name. And God blessed Jacob. Joseph became the second in authority in Egypt despite the attempt to, to stop him. And dami, kapatid niya, Potiphar's wife, and dami nangyari sa kanya. He was forgotten by his friends in, I mean, hindi ko alam kaibigan niya yun, no? sa jail, no? I, I'm assuming now. He was forgotten, and yet, God was faithful. Your failure doesn't define you. Failure is not a person. I mean, failure is not a person, it's an event. Your failure will not frustrate God's promises over your life and family. In fact, God's faithfulness outweighs human failure. And that's the power, grace, goodness. That's who God is. Let me just take this time and, and, and for the father of the house here, father for all the dads here, for all the, maybe there are some mistakes, decisions that we all had made in the past. And there's so much shame, there's so much guilt that you're carrying with you day by day. And it's hard. I can't say it's easy. I can't say just just pray. I, I can't say that because it's really heavy. It's really hard. My prayer today that you will be reminded God's grace, God's faithfulness outweighs that failure of yours, that mistake of yours. Of course, there's a call to action. There's a call for repentance. There's a call always to turn around from old ways and go, and go towards that new direction. Exactly what Abraham did. He turned around from Ur, from Haran, and go to the new direction that God has set for him. It was like an analogy, like an, to, to make a quick contrast right now. Ur, Haran is his old life and he had to turn around to pursue and fulfill God's call and purpose for him and Sarah. But again, it's a continuous pattern of failures because we're not perfect, isn't it? There's God's grace for us. Maybe some financial failure, mistakes, businesses, maybe relationships. God is faithful. He will give you the grace to bounce back. It's also interesting that during, I mentioned this a while ago, that during the building of the Tower of Babel, let me read it, verse 11 to 4. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens that we may that we may make a name for ourselves. But God had to stop it. God intervened. And it's a different topic though. 
They want to make their name great. It's interesting. God stopped that. God thwarted that. And yet, this is the same promise that God had or has for Abraham. To make his name great. Why? Because he has a purpose. That's a promise. I will make your name great. What's the purpose of that? And how exactly God will make his name great? Second fold is I will make you into a great nation. This is the promise of descendants. Yet, Abraham and Sarah, they were barren, but yet that was God's promise to them. Promise of descendants. Modern nation means, right? Pag isang bansa, means to be a unit of families, societies, brought together in one place. But biblical nation begins with a man. Begins with a man, then there's a family, the family extends and expands, and it becomes becomes a nation. The biblical nation is the continued expanded life of a man. I'm just drawing that out. I'm just laying that out because that was what it means with that promise. I will make you into a great nation. If that was given to Mark, it means that he will be fruitful. They will multiply. Remember Genesis chapter 1? Creation. Chapter 2, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. The same promise, actually God is echoing, particularly, specifically to Abraham that time. Even though they were barren, even Sarah was barren. A nation starting from a man, that family will continue to grow and we will continue to expand and I will have that name, a nation. And yet, even though even though, even though he knew his situation, he still obeyed and wait. What's in between? And again, we're all, we all know this. And that is what? The word faith. But faith is expressed in obedience. Let me read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 to 12. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father, because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. There's a nation. And so from this one, how many? One man, he was good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Anong ibig sabihin nito? From one man. Yet they were barren. Sarah was barren. He was asked to go to something that is unknown, something that will take him beyond his comfort zone. And as he went, he will not have his father's household. His people is going to start a new life there in that land. But comes with that is that promise that he will be a great nation. But then again, Sarah was barren. And that is what we call Faith. He obeyed. He believed. Of course, he went. You know what's a game changer? Who made the promise? Who made the promise? Are there promises in your life that you're holding on to right now? 
Maybe a promise of restoration to your relationships. Maybe a promise of healing. Maybe for the past years, this is the first time you had encountered a mental health situation in your household. For many years, you've never really expected that you will be hit by something like this. A certain situation, a certain dilemma, a certain crisis. This is something new. And yet, you know, you knew, you heard God. You knew it was from God. You know that this is the promise of God echoed by the scripture and being affirmed by God's people. And by somewhat, whenever you look at the promise, it's not happening yet. And that's the hardest part, the waiting part. You know that God will put you in a place where there will be breakthroughs and miracles. If, if God has done it before, definitely He can do it again. And He has never failed us yet. But again, the in-between is the hardest to wait to see God's moving. But you know it's from God, right? You know that you have heard from God. You know that it was echoed by the Scripture, being affirmed by God's people, even the preaching of the Word. Sunday after Sunday, you're hearing the same promise. You're hearing the same encouragement. But whenever you look back, whenever you go home, whenever you confront your situation, still the same thing. Right? Womong here, you have those promises. Lord, tagal na. Lord, ang hirap. Can I just do it this way? Can I just do it my way? Can I just, just go ahead and do this, Lord? Understanding ka naman, di ba? Gracious ka naman. Again, we can answer that question easy. Who made the promise? It's God. Here's the next question. It's very important for us. It's crucial for us. Do you consider him faithful? Do you consider God who made the promise? Do you consider him faithful? Because that's exactly what happened to Abram. He knew it was from God. And he considered him faithful. If, if Abraham did not believe, he wouldn't have obeyed and the promise of God would not have been fulfilled. All of us, we believe. You're here. I'm sure there's a part of you who believes. There's a part of you who believes that God will do something. There's a part of you that believes that God will turn things around. But the second part is that part of obedience. What are the things that God is asking you to obey Him? As you reflect on your finances, as you reflect on your families, as you reflect on some business ethics, as we reflect on some things that we do day by day, what are some actions, changes, or even decisions that God is not just asking us to revisit, but to take an action from? To take an action to. Again, let me repeat this. To head for the promised land 
is to leave this world behind. And lastly, as we end, I will bless you and you will become a blessing. Again, my question a while ago is worth revisiting. Why Abraham? Why Abram? Or Abram before God changed his name to Abraham or Abraham? What made him so special? Does God play favorites? Why God would call Abram, Abram, and give this outstanding promises to him? Reading over and over again, Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11 to chapter 12, and even the next chapters after that, as we read from cover to cover of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, listen, this is a promise of pure grace. It's all by God's grace. Walang ginawa talaga si Abraham. He believed, he obeyed. But before that, nothing that deserved him of the God's call to be a recipient of that, of that outstanding promise. The blessing is not for him. Listen, the blessing is not for his family. Here's the most important part. The blessing is for the whole world. That Abraham's family would be a conduit of God's blessing to the whole world. And Paul alluded to that. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29, you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all alone in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, how many of you are in Christ? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Going to think and pause and reflect. That was a decision made 4,000, roughly 4,000 years ago, right? That's thousands of years ago. That one obedience, one step of faith, that one action, if you will, catapulted us the whole gospel. Of course, the complete and ultimate fulfillment of that. If you're going to check the genealogy of Jesus Christ, came from Abraham's lineage. And now the gospel is here, right where you're seated. Because of one man's obedience to the obedience to the call of God to go to the land that is unknown, uncomfortable, he will be alone. And accompanied by his family. Of course, he has his wife, but they are one. And Lot, the 
because his father died. And years, thousands of years, different patterns of human failures, sin, but God's grace and faithfulness outweigh all those things. And the ultimate fulfillment when Christ came, he lived the life that we should have lived, died the death that we should have died. And on the third day, he resurrected, proving that he is the son of God and offers that free gift of salvation. Yes, it's free, but it's not cheap. And for those who believe, we'll have that eternal life, that internal that eternal inheritance. Same promise. And I will make your name great. And you will be, be a great nation. And you will be blessed because you will be a blessing. It was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And again, that word, that topic, that area, so dear to us, family. It's not the leader of this nation that would restore our family. Don't get me wrong. I'm praying for the new government that we do have right now. I'm believing God for a great nation for us despite the inflation and all the increases. Again, again, it's a whole world situation, not just us. But if we talk about family, think, reflect about the simple yet challenging call to obey. To obey. That will bless our families in the future generation. Don't underestimate the power of one simple obedience. To quote an old saying, I love this, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. It took Abraham a while to take that step of faith. It took him a while in Haran. But still, the journey of faith and obedience what is that one step that God is asking you to do? Take that one step. Is it a step of faith? Step of, step of, of obedience? Step of surrender? Step of trusting Him fully? And we have covered three places this morning. Ur, the land of idolatry and darkness. We can refer to that as our old life. Haran, they came from Ur. They settled in Haran. For us, maybe it's a place of compromise. You're saying, Lord, it's done. Okay na ako. Wala naman ako nasasaktan eh. I'm okay with where I am. I'm in Haran. I can settle here. But you know, God is asking you to do something more. But Lord, I'm okay in my Haran. It's a place of compromise. And Abraham settled there for a while. Lord, it's hard to leave my country, my old life, hard to leave my people, influences and advantages, hard to leave my father's household, the ties and, and, and comfort. Or you, we want to go to the land of Canaan when there is power and blessing of God. To end, Abraham cannot at one time, at the same time, live in Ur or Haran in the land of promise. 
We cannot. Actually, we cannot at one, at the same time, live in Or or Aran in the promised land. Are you willing to step? Are you willing to take that step of faith? To obey. Amen? This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.